Very good evening and welcome to the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast for another week. A bit of a shortened week of racing, of course, with Longreach only getting through three races, but we've still got uh, the Big Dirt and Dust meeting at Julia Creek to cover as well as Anzac Day at Cunnamulla. Andrew Watts with you here tonight. Maxi Tanks on the last day of isolation joins us. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Itching to get out. The sun's... Um, the sun's come out a little bit this afternoon just a bit different compared to the last few days but uh i'm sure it's nothing compared to what used pair have been through um been through since we last spoke yeah well i'll tell you what that's another whole podcast in itself brooke richardson good evening hello <laughs> oh yeah it was certainly a very eventful um weekend brookie i tell you what we, we set off monday morning and um i got away from long reach about uh, four o'clock and both you and Rick chipped me because I got there in an hour and 10 minutes. Well, it was good reason because it was absolutely pelting down the weather uh, and it didn't let up, obviously, Brooke. No, it didn't. It wasn't looking um, very, like, well, we weren't feeling very confident that it wouldn't be raining anywhere else. And yeah, the rain continued well beyond Barky, but lucky, luckily enough, there was no rain in Kanamala. No, it certainly wasn't, and on the subsequent journeys, I mean, a big shout-out. We've got a shout-out to Daniel O'Brien, who uh, put us up on on Monday night. We did actually attempt to camp um, just behind the public toilets in black, all three of us in the car, Rick McBarn <laughs> being the third. Uh, it was quite – it would have been, uh, for any onlookers, it would have been quite suspicious, weird. Any number of words, uh, Daniel put us up, so thanks for that. And, of course uh, – I camped at uh, Rick's last night before we could finally get home. But Maxie, in situation, like, you can't begrudge the rain. And I mean, um, well, racing still went ahead, but uh, it's great to see. What time did you um, figure out that you were going to be stuck in Blackhall? One o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and Danielle answered the call still. 3.30. No, we spent, yeah, 3.30 we were in the car still. <laughs> so we're all in her kitchen. Her mum's up for work. Good old Murdy. Shout out to her too getting ready to go to work at the servo and um, we're just all standing in her kitchen all having a yarn and a cup of coffee at 3.30 in the morning. But every every which way we drove, the the roads were flooded. We we actually took the trek. We thought we'd be smart and um, beat the water and... uh, I was saying, and Brooke was saying, if it's flooded, forget it. McMahon's in the back saying, if it's flooded, floor it. (laughs) 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 But we did the right thing. We did the right thing. And he should probably... Any other rainy days, he should probably uh, go with someone else and not drive because he would be washed down the river somewhere currently if we listened to him. <laughs> but, he would have ended up at um, Home Creek with Willie and Marcel. <laughs> yeah, he would have. He would have been. Uh, they would have been able to pluck him out. Oh, uh, I'm positive. He, uh, we, well, we both would have been able to get a photo with the Birdsville Cup anyway. You could, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was a good trip. We'll get to Cunnamulla shortly. Firstly, though, it was Dirt and Dust Day at Julia Creek and the Class 2 um, is always the big race on the card there. Uh, the Multicom Artesian Express Class 2, $9,750 to the winner. Positive Tension was the favourite at $2.90 for Denise and Dan Ballard. Let's hear the closing stages with Grant Wilde. It's a positive thoughts rather and Ballard Daniel's got this in a good handy spot. Positive thoughts back on the fence there. It's Cato. Cato's the first to straighten up now and positive thoughts on the outside. Danny gives it a bit of a shake up and I think it's going to put this beyond doubt and unspoken words hadn't gone away yet and justified down the outside. Cato kicking back on the fence. Here goes a go for Kilo claimed it all and put the glasses away. Cato on the outside. Power station on the outside. And Cato has got up to beat them all. 
Yeah, big win by Cato there for Jay Morris and uh, young four kilo claimer Kelsey Lenton um, on loan there from uh, Aiden and Georgia Holt. Uh, got the cash by just over a neck on positive tension. Cato starting $5 uh, for Denise and Dan Ballard and Injustice at Bolter's odds for Tanya Parry and Keith Ballard in third. But Cato formerly with George Tipping and uh, Maxie, the set of colours that are just winning for fun up there in the northwest, the Clawson family. Yeah, this is a nice pickup, isn't it? Um, I do, I do recall. I said at the beginning of the year, I thought Cato would be in for a um, a prep. Now that it had a had the stable change, um, and yeah, look, is I actually was favouring the other Jay Morris run at the power station. So um, to see Cato get up was a, a little bit of a surprise. But um, yeah, look, once once Jay gets that team firing, he's um, very hard to beat, as his strike rate suggests, and. Um, you know, you do see those those claimers up there in the north. You don't see them when they go up there often, but when they do, they usually have a fair bit of success. So uh, watch out for Kelsey in the future. It was a big day out on the home track, as you would expect for Tanya Parry. She trained three. Uh, Keith Ballard rode a treble also. Yes, he did. And it all started back in race one, where Tanya, I think, probably won nearly every maiden race in the northwest this year <laughs> produced another one hope as always uh ridden by wanderson de villa a length and a half over solvus for tanya and greg walters and madam tess for tanya parry and jay doolan uh running in third but it was tanya parry one two three in the first brook yeah we see it quite often with tanya don't we don't we and especially like you said in the maidens and um she's no stranger and i'm sure she was happy to get a win uh back home and uh, look, the horse has been in pretty consistent form as of late. It was beaten a fair way its last couple starts, um, falling into fourth, but uh, I think it might have appreciated that home track advantage. Over to the second, and it was the first leg of KB's winning treble. Uh, one for wife Denise with Sir Eagle. Started good odds, $6.50. It ran fourth at Maxi behind Myola Millie, who's flying. Uh, Rocket had a good run into second for Tanya Parry and Jade Doolan, two and a quarter lengths back, in fact. And Dalbergia for Sean Royce and Esco. Uh, Justin Esser in third there, Brooke. Oh, sorry, Maxie. Yeah, but uh, Sir Eagle, a good second up run. Yeah, it was a good second up run. A horse that's um, shown a little bit of potential, I thought. Just struggling to put it all together since it's ended, entered Denise's stable. A um, couple of runs under its belt now. And, uh, yeah, we, we might see it um, start to string a few more together. In the open handicap, over 1,100 metres, Craigley Altona, um, who's been... A, Almost an underrated galloper up there in the northwest. Uh, fifth run it back into the preparation. Second win this year and beat a good field of sprinters. Uh, defeated stablemate Wicked Wiki. That was the second of Keith Ballard's winning uh, treble and the second of Tanya's winning treble also. Yes, it was. Uh, beat Wicked Wiki by three lengths and Safty in third, some six lengths away. Uh, but Craigley Altona, another one for Tanya and KB. And look, Keith's riding as well as ever, Brooke, putting some good stats together. Yeah, he is. I think, uh, look, I don't think Keith will ever lose his touch. Uh, he's one of the ballards that has great ability and Dan's followed in his footsteps. But, um, yeah, look, he'll carry that ability forever, I think. It'll be uh, um, up to him when he's ready to stop. But for now, uh, the winners are still rolling. So, that you know, it's hard to hang up the boots when you're going so well. And it's, it's a bit of a ballard horse, this one. They've rode it with you know, between Keith and Dan over the last five starts. So um, good, good day for Keithy and a even better day for Tanya as well. Last leg of both Parry and Ballard's treble came up in race three. 
Uh, the cutest money went off for first and second as well. It was a Tanya Parry Quinella to boot. And my Ola Millie made it three in a row and one impressively, a length and a quarter over Far Far. And uh, I've been saying it for a couple of weeks, ready for its next win. Far Far for Tanya Parry and Jade Doolan. And nine a tie for Sean Royce and Denisha Smith in third. But uh, my Ola Millie, Maxi, is up to a 60 now. And uh, look, you're starting to think maybe cups with this horse. It's absolutely flying, isn't it? That's yeah. three wins in a row now. And yeah. um, Far Far has been behind at every single start so far. So yeah. Far Far just probably wants to try and get away from the stable, mate, and probably <laughs> finds a winner. Yeah, look, it's it's um, an interesting sort of question, isn't it? Because like we've been saying, I mean, aside from uh Roy's, you know cap set um grand symphony uh loud enough there isn't a, a large amount of open you know courses that would be contesting those those cups distances so yeah um yeah look i, I think you're right it, it, Milo Millie and Farfar, they both could be players in the um, Cups um, that will be coming out very soon. Anything uh, out of the box there at um, Julia Creek over the weekend, Max? I think we've got to say Farfar, don't we? I, yeah. I think there's a win just around the corner for him. But, yeah, where? It'll have to just be away from my old Millie. <laughs> Longreach uh, in the Central West was the destination for racing. Unfortunately, we lost the meeting after three. And uh, look, we we're probably lucky to do that, get through three as it was. Uh, but race three on the card was the uh, Longreach RSL, lest we forget, benchmark 50. In an open race, we saw five favourites, Max, at $5. You don't see that very often. You don't. Is that your alarm to wake up? Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Bound to meet. Um, Go. No, you don't see that many um, favourites that often, do you? Actually, that's um, a pretty good effort there, actually. $5 the field. Uh, look, this is um, an interesting race because obviously we saw a lot of kickback and um, a lot of horses coming back with mud on them from right from race two. Purple Trumpet came back relatively clean to a lot of them, so it might have just been the key of keeping it out of trouble and uh, it was able to hang on in the end. It was um, always looked like it may have just been going to catch them, but um, was way too strong, this mare by Warhead. Let's hear the closing stages with Rob Luck. Mrs. Senna, one Capilano not enjo- one Capilano not enjoying the dust. Purple Trumpet out in the centre has bound to me chasing hard down the outside. Wild Element back along the rails, set to fight. Uh, not getting going at this point, and back behind them, El Jaroba and Strawberry Blonde down the outside. Bound to me moving up on the outside. Purple Trumpet, Bell riding desperately. Purple Trumpet, Bound to me coming home hard. Purple Trumpet likes the track, goes home, wins by a length and three quarters. Over Bound to me, Wild Element into third. Mrs. Senna from the back of the field. Yes, and it was Strawberry Bound Blonde. to me. A couple off the fence in a good spot by Bell and uh, came uh, ran through the line really impressively to beat Bound to me by length and a quarter and two and three quarter lengths back to Wild Element in third. Uh, the winner trained by Rodney Little, Emma Bell. Uh, bound to me, Raymond Williams, Brooke Richardson and Cherie Vick and Robbie Farr in third, Maxie. But uh, as you alluded to, it was a funny old day. The The surface was and interesting on your thoughts as well because you were watching them from home. Um, the surface just a little bit wet, at, but even though it was raining, the dust was still kicking up. Yeah, because like you said, I was watching from home and I saw plenty of dust as they were coming around um like the back straight back bend and then onto the onto the home straight and i thought well this track's like you know it's still racing pretty well and and looking at my window i thought it was not raining that heavy it's just sort of enough to be a bit of a nuisance and then um 
once I saw some of the photos that um, that Roxy put up afterwards and saw them uh, coming back and absolutely covered in mud, I thought, well, the kickback might be a bit worse than I expected. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like it, it was very interesting, like you said, to, to see, you know, the amount of dust that was still coming up. And then, um, yeah, it was, it was still... Like in the background, you could definitely see that the, the weather was incoming anyway. Race one was a Class B over the 1,000 metres, and hallelujah, speared the lids, carved across, and that was the end of the penny section. Uh, one by three and a half lengths for Clinton Austin and John Rudd. Uh, Luna Glide, uh, not a bad running to second for Richard Simpson and uh, Tibby Brummel. And third, uh, Tony Schofield and Jason Misson combined with Mind Games, who unfortunately bled the $2.50 favourite. But, Brooke, your thoughts uh, on the track there Saturday. Um, I mean, the jockey's perspective, I mean, that's what most of the people listen in to this podcast for. So <laughs> I'd be interested in your thoughts on, on the progression of the day. Yeah, look, I was hoping um, that the rain would just be that light, misty stuff, but it, it sort of got – it progressed a little through the day and um, – it's just unfortunate that it's one of those tracks or uh, surfaces where the soil just clumps together. That's why you could still see dust. So there was there was dry patches and wet patches like the soil. Once it gets a bit damp it, and the horses are running over the top of it, it actually turns into like a ball and packs up into their feet. So a lot of the horses were coming back with their hooves just completely built up or stuck to the bottom of their feet like they had high heels on almost. Um, mm. And that's where the slipperiness comes from that's where it gets a little bit dangerous it's it's not necessarily that the whole track is soaked it just happens to be that type of soil where it all starts to build up and um yeah look probably and unless you're picking their feet out with a hoof pick when you Mm. get to the gates um yeah you're probably in a bit of strife anyway because once you jump jump out of them barriers it's all got to build up again and there's risk of um risk of them slipping so yeah, a little bit unfortunate, but, you know, we can't control the weather. It's just one of those things that happens, and uh, it's not just the jockeys' um, welfare as well. As well, it's the horses. You know, you don't want horses going out there and hurting themselves either. So, yeah. Uh, and the other race on the program was the Maiden. Uh, well supported, really, really good. Bit of 250, 260 on offer. Started 250 and uh, $2 even and favourite for Patrick O'Toole and Robbie Farr. And one lock a good thing. Two and three quarter lengths. They have a prized artist who's improving with every run. Boy Foster, Tim Brummel. And Asaka Sunset was a nice run as well for Rodney Little and Emma Bell. Beaten three and a quarter lengths. But really, really good. Maxie atoned off that really good run at Bar Calden last week. Uh, and to be fair, quite a lot of that form came into this race. But really, really good was uh, the leader of the pack on that day. And, um, yeah, a Class B ready for at its mercy now, I'd say. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, and we saw Robbie come back with a huge smile on his face as well. It was interesting. Um, he had to drop the goggles because they were covered in mud, obviously. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, look, it was um, a good win and probably well-deserved. And uh, I don't know, I think those top three, top four there, they're, they're probably ones that are probably – all going to break their maidens over the next few weeks as well. They're all, um, they're all look like they're they're there ready to, to um ready to hit the winning line anyway. A uh, couple of shout outs before we move on to the uh, meeting at Kanamala yesterday. Uh, sorry, on Monday. <laughs> Feels like yesterday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was on the phone to Cole Truscott uh, after the meeting was called off. He he obliged, um, allowing us to. Uh, Move the Diggers Cup to Bar Calden at the Tab Day this weekend. So uh, thank you to Cole uh, for doing that. And also thanks Tony Austin. Um, she was more than willing to oblige 
and uh, let us run the, the Diggers Cup on Saturday. I mean, it makes it a good meeting, Max. Not that it wouldn't have been a good meeting, but uh, seven races on the tab with uh, not only an open 1,600, the tree of knowledge, but also an open uh, 1,200 sprint. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I think it's going to be a, a great, great card now. Uh, like I said, it was always, already good, but seven races, that just makes it... Um, makes it even better and um look it's once we um have a look at some of those nominations i think it's going to be a um, pretty big day the fields are pretty much close to capacity for every single race and um yeah look it's going to be an exciting day of racing that's for sure we'll cast our eyes over that shortly but first let's have a look at the kanamala uh meeting from monday race five on the card was the noel hickey memorial it was also the anzac day open plate 1400 meters was the journey it was a really good betting race with the meat ant cup winner from uh the monday prior not liable at 220 uh 350 for trump me they were the favored two and um here's the concluding stages as they uh, make tracks down towards the home corner and uh, leading on the outside is Vertical and on the inside there is uh, Funky Farm. Now Forged in Stones hung up the white flag and cruising into the race now is not liable. Richardson gets busy on uh, Trump Me. Uh, further back then would be Shake on it with another plan as they turn in at Vertical. Still leads not liable and look at Trump Me finishing strongly down the middle of the track. In a heartbeat, Trump Me up on the outside as well. Yes, it was Trump me who uh, ripped right away in the late latter stages of the race to win by two and a half lengths for Benny Waldron and Brooke Richardson. Not liable was Gallant in defeat for Leonard Morn and Shane McGovern. And uh, probably the best run of the preparation for another plan came from well back to be beaten three and three quarter lengths into third for Gary Bignall and Ross Tilly. Uh, coming off that really good third in the Country Cup in Rockhampton, Brookie. I know you said um, pre-race that you'd probably need a bit of tempo on and I bet you were licking your lips at the 600. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've, I've bumped into a bit of trouble on this horse the last few times I've rode him. He just needs that pace on it. Just It suits him better and gives him the opportunity um, to get in his rhythm and, and sort his stuff out. But, yeah, look, I couldn't have been happier, to be honest. I was uh, pretty impressed with the pace and uh, I was uh, confident once once that all panned out, yeah. Uh, back to race one on the card, and it was uh, the maiden over the 1,000 metres. Irish Raider was the 2.20 favourite, and Julie saluted for Beck Kerwin and Gary Gearan. Uh, over Epic Rain for Craig Smith and Shane McGovern by a length and a quarter, uh, a length and three quarters back to Orders, who was a good run for Les Baker and Scotty Swedeman. Uh, but Irish Raider, Maxi, uh, the form read well, um, and it won accordingly. Yeah, that's exactly right. That, um, I know I finished 9 of 9 last start, but it's only beaten six lengths by... Uh, a couple of horses who have um, have been going really well since. So um, the form was there. It just obviously had to handle the track, and obviously that no troubles at all. Maxie, I'll, I'll stay with you for the second winner in Len Roy, who was really impressive for James Hatch and Paul Randall. Uh, one by a length over Hangry, um, who looked all over a winner with about 75 to go. The big girl for Ben Waldron and Brooke Richardson, and another length away to Dead Eye Dick for Shane Iverson and Rick McMahon, who was a good run. But Len Roy, these horses... Um, Come out of Burke, they look really, really good. And I uh, found some of his old form, did the uh, Lenroy. Um, funny you mentioned that about Hangry looking all but the winner. I remember a very good judge and friend of ours, Richard Turnbull, tipped us this horse when it was still in that McCall's care mm. at Rockhampton one day. 
and uh, it was basically let every post bar the winner got beaten. Since then, the swab has come back positive for the horse that come first, and that horse has been relegated first. But as punters, we don't get any money back. But that's a story <laughs> for another day. <laughs> uh, but no, like you said, Len Roy was a good winner, and um, yeah, bringing that New South Wales, I suppose, form there from Burke. Um, not afraid to travel across the border, and um, yeah, like. You know, that form behind Not Liable um, previous to that has been racing well in Open Company near Open Company as well. So, um, yeah, really good win. Really good win on the day also was the Cunnabar Muller Bakery Class 1. It was the cutest over the 1,200 metres and a new one for John o. Mark Johnson with Tango Tino. Now, this horse uh, was back second and third last turning for home. There was a few bits and pieces happening up front and then the heavens opened and Tango Tino, who was dropping back from 1,400, uh, relished the ground late and uh, came away for a good win, a length and a half. Uh, Scott Swedman was in the saddle. Real Hussey ran second for Ben Waldron and Brooke Richardson and a further two lengths away to the favourite uh, Kalia for Leonard Bourne and Shane McGovern. But uh, Tango Tino, uh, you looked home there for uh, again, Brooke, but uh, Tino finished a little to the better. Yeah, that's for certain. I thought I was home too, but um, funnily enough, about three of us, three of the horses out of that race actually hung off the track. So you're right when you say <clears> the heavens opened up because uh, there was plenty of room there in the end. We we're all having a bit of trouble. But uh, yeah, it looks like Jono's found a nice one in this horse. It, it carries some pretty nice provincial form there. So uh, only been four year old and off, off that win and um, its previous form, I think this horse probably has a fair bit of upside for Jono. And a shout out, Brookie, to Scotty Sweden. He's got the best rig in country racing <laughs> oh jesus christ yeah he's a fit old fella isn't he yeah i he's think him old... him and hoops would have to go toe to toe yeah they got um <laughs> <laughs> oh wowee okay the last race oh, that, that took a turn we're talking about horses. <laughs> <laughs> well it's, it's a compliment uh, last race i think there was a nice one <laughs> there was a nice one unveiled here in dynamic verse for leonard Morn and shane mcgovern um when mcgovern pressed the go button that it did it ripped right away to win by four and a quarter lengths over stamp over a stampede finalist in uh phoenix for pat webster and gary Gearan and tycoon zip the old boy uh he's got a win up coming in him shortly for les baker and scott swedman but uh dynamic verse um maxi i don't know if you got to see the replay but uh, very impressive yeah it was um and you know all it's been racing in some pretty handy races hasn't it i mean like there's um some good open company races it's coming out of uh and you know this wasn't a i suppose it wasn't a weak field beating home phoenix and uh, also tycoon zip lucky enough uh and rolling the the short price favorite past the card so you'd expect that this will be a really good form race to follow into the uh, battle of the bush heats coming up max um again not not getting too negative or anything like that but um i'm starting to see that the birds will form is very fragile and, and i think that's probably it was probably going to be expected, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, with the small fields, um, a lot of horses backing up both days. It, it's, and I think we've seen it, you know, in years gone by as well. The birds will form. It, it can be a lot harder for those horses to bounce back after mm. obviously the the big trip. And you know, it, it is a it's a, it is a long trip. You know, you probably compare it to a bit of jet lag. So, um, yeah, I, I know it's something we spoke about that they some horses won't be able to hold that form for the rest of the year and. It'll be interesting to see, obviously, this weekend at Bar Calton, where there's a fair bit of um, 
fair bit of birds will form also. couple to look out for in coming meetings for mine. I thought the runner Dead-Eyed Dick in race two was really good. Uh, rattled home from a wide barrier. Um, Tycoon Zip was really good. Did it uh, tough, and it's going to improve from that first up run. And another plan in a mile... Um, I, th- I think will be um, somewhere back to his old form. Let's have a look at racing this weekend. And uh, we've got a few meetings on, starting with Maxi, the uh, tab meeting at Bar Calden. Uh, it's, it's a big day there. Uh, seven races with the Tree of Knowledge Cup, the um, feature on the day. Echo Point, no doubt, will be short. Uh, past tense, uh, back on the grass has got to be some hope. And no innuendo, albeit up in grade sharply, um, definitely a genuine miler. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that track plays after all the rain. Um, have you had a chance to have a look at the track yet, Brooke? <clears throat> Not up nice and close, to be honest. Look, it is a little bit wet at the moment, but as expected, it only did stop raining yesterday um it's been quite overcast today but um yeah look i think with um a bit of sunny weather and stuff that track will be fine we know that it can hold a bit of water um uh we've raced on it before after a bit of rain we probably haven't had quite this much in the past so uh yeah look it might be a little bit of a a test for it but um i have no doubt it'll be um prime and and ready for saturday I, i do think we'll be able to race there's no doubt about that but um it may be a little, probably still a little bit damp. I don't say I wouldn't be saying it'll be dried out completely. And Brooke, you um, have the opportunity to get the leg up over uh, Boom Galloper Morris Press again. Have you spoke to Ivo uh, in preparation? No, I spoke to him briefly at um, Kanamala. Yeah, look, there's probably not much to much to say. I, I have no <clears throat> no doubt in my mind that he'll have this horse in mint condition again. Um, all of his horses turned out fantastic at Kanamala. They looked great. Uh, we all know that Maurice Press has a bit of ability, obviously, going off her um, previous form. So, yeah, I- I'm sure she'll be primed and ready. And, and um, I'm excited to see if she can continue on off, off that big win that she had at Blackall. Maxie, two quick things before we move on to uh, Gregory Downs. Echo Point only slugged two points for the Birdsville Cup. I was very surprised about that. I don't know if you spoke about this off air. I was expecting to cop another four points. Um you know, just some of the horses have been home having a higher rating than him. I um yeah, I definitely expected it to um to be a little bit higher in the rating, but uh albeit that's that's what that's a handicapper's decision to make and um look I'm sure connections are pretty happy about that now. That's I bet they are the two points. I'll just have a quick it's, look at um, Star of O'Reilly too, uh, one of the other Carrot Power uh, hands and heels runners. He's crept up rapidly, hasn't he, to eighty six rating. He came out here with a very high rating, yeah. though. We've got to remember that. Um, you know, he was running in a Mackay Newmarket um, before he arrived out here around fifth. So, um, look, he, he, his true weight would have been 68. They scaled it back. So mm. he's going to be plagued with those. She's going to be plagued with those sort of weights for a little while. He, sorry, yeah, is going to be plagued with weights. But I think this is a great card at Barky. Um, I mean, there will be probably be some horses that you'd expect to be favourites, but I don't think they're going to be a gimme by any means. It's going to be um, a great day of racing. Uh, up to the Gregory, and uh, we know um, the Gregory have done a wonderful job with their um, facilities up there and uh, 55 horses making the trek. And we see the start of the Outback Racing Showcase uh, series. We do see one at Barky as well with the Tree Knowledge Cup with uh, the winner, uh, all the winners uh, qualifying for McKinlay. 
Um, big prize money offer at the Gregory, at the Gregory as well, 7,150 minimum, uh, bar the maiden, which is 6,000. But the cup, 84.50 to winning connections, and we get to see uh, this up-and-comer in Favre again, Max. Yeah, we do. It's a, um, I think this looks to be a pretty good cup, doesn't it? Um, we see Myola Millie take that step up to the cups, like we spoke about, um, which is going to be interesting. We'll see, see Farfa stepping out. Well, the dual non there with Myola Millie as well, so you may run into it again. But um, yeah, look, I think the Class Six plate looks to be a terrific race as well. Um, you know, Lord Greystroke, Rocket Head, Full of Fire, Breakdance, Teddy Mercury. There's plenty of good names. This looks like a, a really good race meeting up there at the Gregory, and um, you know, fingers crossed that they don't get any of that rain over the next few days, and that it um arrives after the races are finished on Sunday. And Brookie, yeah, big day over at uh, Quilpie. Uh, with the Quilpy Newmarket and the Quilpy Cup, the feature races there. Uh, we're seeing quite a few horses backing up after whether it be Augathella or Carnamulla. And uh, seeing quite a few dual noms as well um, with weather, track conditions, certainly looking to play a part this weekend. Yeah, look, ho- hopefully for Quilpy, um, everything goes ahead and the, and the way weather plays in their favour. It would be um, a little bit sad if they did. Um, have to lose this meeting like you said they've got a, a fair few um, numbers there which is good there is dual nominations but um, hopefully uh, weather providing and enough jockeys and things like that everything runs smoothly um, that I did hear that they did have some rain today I'm not sure how much they ended up having but um, we've still got a few days left before Saturday yet so hopefully uh, that's the last of it and it dries out for them yeah it certainly will um, Maxi anything off the page there at Quilpy? I'm not sure, but the breaking news through from the Quilpy Shire Council is the racetrack is currently closed due to wet weather, and there looks to be a fair bit of surface water on the track. So hopefully that dries out enough that they're going to be able to race. But it, yeah, it, they definitely had a fair bit of rain today by the looks of that photos. But um, yeah, look, it's going to be like I said. Hopefully they race because I think that the the new market looks to be a bit a, um, looks to be a cracker. So um, hopefully it dries out. Righto, time for tonight's topic and uh, comes off a couple of incidents over the weekend. Of course, we spoke about Longreach um, and the the wet weather and, of course, the cancellation or abandonment after three races. And then we saw a Quilpi, uh, sorry, Kanamala on Monday. The barrier's actually failing on race one. I'll tell you what, there was a couple of sighs um, <laughs> from people because it's long travel. Um, to a lot of our venues for, for our owners, trainers, jockeys, <coughs> race callers um, <laughs> throughout the day. Anyhow, um, at, at Cunnamulla, the decision was made to um, pass the first race as a race. Um, there was discussions with um, stakeholders whether they were happy for their horse to be deemed a runner um, and, and things like that. And then after the race, uh, the barrier boys went out, they fixed the barriers, uh, they then invited all parties to come out and, and watch and record and um, give it the green light. And, of course, the meeting went ahead um, with, with no um, ifs or buts. Now, we've, we've seen um, this year alone a, cu- a couple of times where stewards have been quick to pull the pin, and I don't think this effort has gone into um, fixing things like barriers and, and such. So I guess, firstly... Uh, I'll go to you, Brooke, about the Saturday um, decision at Longreach to call the meeting off. Um, of course, there was probably only six or seven mills at the track, but it was uh, misty rain, which was, as we spoke about before, causing a little bit of a crust on the track, which causes kickback. Um, There's a lot of suggestions that perhaps uh, the track could be graded or this or that. 
in in hindsight, I think the right decision was made because the rain didn't stop. But what was the discussion with um, with with the jockeys and the stewards to come to this decision? Yeah, look, basically the stewards have their own assessment and and their views, um, and then they go in and it's a bit of a majority thing. So um, if the steward thinks, you know. Um, it might be a little bit unsafe. They still always check in with the jockeys and get the jockeys' opinion because at the end of the day, uh, the jockeys are one up, other ones up on the horse's back. Um, they have, you know, a better feel for the situation and, and what's going on. Um, so pretty much just go around the room, get everyone's input. Um, and sometimes it's a bit of a majority thing. So you might have, you know, obviously everyone has different opinions. Uh, a couple of jockeys might think that it's fine. Um, and a few others, you know, might overrule them and say, yeah, look, no, we think it's getting a little bit uh, borderline, a bit iffy. And and that was the thing, like, uh, you know, a few of us said, like, at, at this given moment, yeah, like, we're happy to ride another race. But then, like you've pointed out, the rain wasn't stopping. So by the time we were out there and behind the barriers and actually loaded, by that time, we, we probably wouldn't have even made that race anyway, you know. Um, yeah. So you've got to take into consideration all things like that. If it was looking like clearing or or something like that, well, then I think maybe we could have pushed, really, really pushed it. Um, but we were sort of at that at that point where, um, yeah, look, it wasn't looking like it was going to improve. And and it is that, and that's what you've got to take into consideration too. Is your your soil? We're we're not dealing mm. with grass out here. Um, like we bless that barky, yeah. But um, yeah, look, you've got all different kinds of soils and something like you know grading a track or whatever yeah that may work for some surfaces but in particular for this track it would have actually just brought all of that dirt together and made more kickback than what the rain would have maxi kanamala i know it's a track you're keen to get to um make sure you don't go on a public holiday because there's no atms <laughs> but <laughs> well, i'll tell you what the racetrack itself um the committee uh, do a wonderful job they put on a great spread of food i cannot tell you how good the sandwiches were um tim tams fruit platters you name it that was a great spread but the way they handled i thought the failure to open the barriers and credit to the stewards as well to incorporate all parties um get suggestions because I mean, apart from the probably the Charleville trainers, which is two hours anyway, and uh, maybe the one horse that's trained at Carnamulla, everyone made a big trip to get there. So to have that meeting just called off um, and uh, put to the side is a tough decision. So the fact that everyone was brought in to this decision-making process, Max, obviously, obviously the stewards do have the final call, but uh, I thought it was a really, really well-handled um, decision-making process. Yeah, the dogs are going crazy in the background, but uh, um, oh, they're disagreeing. Like is it? <laughs> they are. You've got a, a standing ovation from them. They've said everything <laughs> that they've said is great. But I'm, I'm the same as you. I, I think it's it's very, it's it's such a, a delicate, I suppose, um, conversation, and and to be able to tread that that line between making sure that it's fair for all participants and you know as you said so many people travel so far um it's 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 hard to then go ahead and say we'll try and explain to someone yeah well we're going to call this off after one race we're going to call it off after two or you know in the instance that it's a no race we're going to say well the meeting's abandoned you know 
you've got to be able to try and find that um, that happy medium there. And um, you know, I, I think most most committees now and most um, participants and stewards probably would have taken that on board and and done the appropriate thing, like you've mentioned there. But it's um it's something that um you know I'm, I'm sure you you probably wouldn't see that I suppose in the um in like a, for instance a provincial <laughs> metro yeah. meet would you? Like, it's something that. Um, we'd probably take for granted out here and, uh, you know, it's why we love country racing. Wayne Baker had his shirt off and he was starting to make a flag. He was ready for a flag start. <laughs> he said, Lightning Ridge like did it. We're ready Ridge. to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he was more keen to give that an experiment than fix the barriers. <laughs> you know, and shout out to Wayne Baker. I know he'd be listening tonight. And uh, uh, But, look, it was great to see. I thought it was handled really, really well. So uh, good on you to everyone involved there at Cunnamulla Monday. Um, big, as we just checked in, and a big weekend of racing. Brooke, uh, any rides uh, that you're excited for on the weekend? Oh, probably a couple. <laughs> um, there's a couple there that are that I'm looking forward to ride on. Yeah, Echo Point and and Maury's Press. I'm really keen to see um, Maury's Press and what what she can do and if she's going to keep um, keep up that high standard she's already set for herself. And uh, yeah, look, I think not only me will be looking forward to Echo Point. I'm I'm sure I'll have lots of, lots of people watching closely. Um, yeah. yeah, he's got a few people excited and he's got a fantastic bunch of owners. So. Uh, Look, if I could get the job done again for them uh, this time round, in uh, you know, in at our oh my god, I can't talk. I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> That's another topic of conversation. <laughs> if I can get the job done at the home track, our hometown, um, yeah, look, that'd be super exciting. So yeah, definitely. Maxi, uh, anything you're ready for on the weekend? Looking forward to. I think just the racing in general. I reckon it's going to be a, a great day, like I've touched on already, and I um, I can't wait to be watching the uh, grass track at the outback on the big screen. Brooke, uh, go and uh, put the feet up. Uh, spaghetti bolognese tonight or something? Uh... Oh, I think we're having um, curried sausages tonight oh. in Austin um, House, requested by Toby Austin. Tony does make a mean curried snags too, so uh, oh. look, I'll be having a big bowl of those. <laughs> uh, Maxi. Um, mate, this time next week we'll be doing all this back in the studio. We will. Um, I'm excited to actually get out of the house. So it's good. <laughs> this has been the Greater Western. You get out of the house, and it's the worst weather we've had. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Greater Western Queensland Racing News Podcast for another week. Have a great weekend. All the best if you're racing uh, across the west, and we'll catch you again next week. 